bulletin <laughs> about the industry, there's a lot of heartbreak. You talk about killing your darlings. Sometimes your darlings aren't just killed. They're brutally murdered. <laughs> episode of Unlikely Story Podcast is bursting at the seams with amazing information, tips, and stories from Alex Laurent. But as you can imagine, it also had a lot of really interesting images. So we encourage you after you listen to take a look at the video on our YouTube channel where you can see Alex's awesome and very detailed artwork throughout his career in Hollywood. Check out the link in the description below and subscribe to Tremendum on YouTube so you never miss another great episode. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to another very exciting episode of Unlikely Story. We are uh, very happy to be with you here again, and we want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Rich Media. Rich, taking care of us today with our Rich Media tumblers. Make sure you check out all our social media stuff because they're they're handling all that. We got a bunch of great tidbits and uh, you know little TikToks here and there, some reels here and there of fun moments throughout. Social media is freaking tough to keep up with. So if you need help with that stuff, contact our buddy Rich at Rich Media. He will, he'll help take care of that for you and ease that burden. But we're really excited today, today, guys, because we have a really, really special guest that we're uh, talking to today. Yeah, we're like geeking out quite a bit (laughs) on this. So if you're like us, you will too. Um, So uh, we're very excited. We've got... an incredible art director and a concept artist, Alex Laurent. There he is with there us right is. now. There he is. There I am. Alex, thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks. Thank you for for having me. It's awesome to be here with you guys, even beaming in. I feel like I'm right there with you. You guys might recognize Alex uh, from his recent appearances on uh, the Corridor Digital Channel, um, which his son works for your son, Nick, right, Nick? That's right. That's exactly right. He's the showrunner of the Corridor Crew uh, channel at Corridor. Yeah, they've got a lot of different ah. channels and sort of special interest sections, in, including an online uh, web-based uh, component, which not everyone knows about there. Not just YouTube, but yeah, anyway, that's him. He, he's been there for years, and they're awesome. They have like their own streaming kind of platform now, which is pretty awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think uh, if anyone has not followed Corridor Crew or Corridor Digital, they are fantastic VFX artists and uh, just all around fun people, fun to watch. The things they're doing are really amazing. So check them out if you get the chance or when you get the chance. Yeah. And a little bit more about Alex, guys. So Alex, as Travis said, is a is an art director, concept artist. Alex has spent his decades-long career as a visual artist and media traveler. I mean, he's a he's a veteran, guys, he, if, if not... Th- the first veteran we've had on this show. It's pretty awesome to have someone who has this much experience. Not a military veteran, just to be clear, to be yes, really yes, clear. Yes, <laughs> veteran in the industry. Yes. yes. Thank you for your service, Respect. all military veterans out there. Indeed, Respect indeed, for you guys. And, and thank Alex for his film service. <laughs> yes. Because honestly, a lot of us watching movies that he's helped you know, bring to fruition – has inspired us in a lot of ways, and yep. that's something that we hope to do with the show. We're gonna well. we're gonna talk a lot about today the some of the movies that Alex has worked on, which include his work at Industrial Light and Magic, features including Saving Private Ryan, The Mummy, which you may have seen some of his work on uh, the Corridor Crew video recently, uh, Peter Pan, Minority Report. I mean, it's freaking Steven Spielberg that you've you've worked with a couple times here, which is just 
mind blowing. And not not even just uh, films. I mean, a, a huge industry is the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. He's been involved with uh, Electronic Arts. You've been with. Um, mm -hmm. Working on games like Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire, Crytek. Is that how you say Crytek? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, yes. Uh, when I was at EA, I worked briefly with uh, with Crytek in Germany. They did uh, they did Crisis, which for Crisis. PC sci-fi shooter fans is a, is is a is a big one. You're doing stuff with AR and VR and just immersive experiences as well. Now mm -hmm. you were telling us a little bit about that. How you're kind of getting back into more gaming, streaming games like you stream movies is is now coming into its own it's that that alone is exciting as far as a new development it's amazing so alex has had a, an amazing career worked on a lot of uh, big projects in in big roles too so we're really excited to sit down with alex today and talk about some of these things and talk about his journey as a as a filmmaker as an artist um, some of the people you've kind of got connected with over the years and just some of the things you've learned. Yeah. Were you always wanting to be in film and be an art director or? Well, that's, that's a, that's a great, uh, great question. Uh, I'll try not to make it take three days to tell it, but, um, basically, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm one of those who just kind of got this spark of inspiration when I was, before I was even a teenager. And it just gave me a sense of enjoyment and unlocked creativity in me and gave me a place to focus. They got me through all of my adolescence and teen years and gave me something that I could sort of focus on and call my own. And I luckily kept you out found of jail. I got me out of the jail. <laughs> the sort of kept you out of jail, yeah. that we all have to go through with, with the teenage years. Uh, not to say they're all miserable, yeah. but let's just face it, they're challenging by design. Yeah. And so uh, this helped me get through mine. And Really, luckily for me, it wasn't only me alone, because being a teenage geek, especially way back in the days when I was, before it was a cool or fun thing to be, um, it was just a weird thing to be in the eyes of most people. So I was definitely uh, a solo sort of, uh, you know, socially isolated kind of guy relative to the, the cool kids. I was the kid with the other kids like me drawing weird pictures over on the table in the cafeteria at recess. So, and yeah, I was so yeah. grateful to have those friends because we found each other and finding your community is a theme or a thread that just kind of goes throughout your whole life when you have special interests. <laughs> and at that right. point in my life, this was definitely a niche little weird thing we did as a hobby, you know, but we took the hobby level of it so deep because we cared so much, you know, about these drawings we'd make and these imaginary worlds we were designing. So I think that's where it all started with that kind of love of, you know, animation. I was inspired by the television I'd watch after school in the afternoons when I'd come home, um, by the movies yeah. that I'd finally get to go see when I was old enough to figure out how to either sneak into the PG movies or R-rated <laughs> movies, the horror and sci-fi movies, or just go to the really sketchy grindhousey movie theaters downtown and they didn't care <laughs> they didn't card you they were <laughs> it. you pay your dollar and you go in of course needless to say as the gray hair here will will reinforce you know this is pre-internet this is pre-vhs pre-dvd pre-blu-ray oh yeah you know. yeah we call these the pioneering times the the hard times i mean a lot of the I'm stuff that we've done has been on on the shoulders yes. of of, yes. of the great <laughs> pioneers who led the way into kind of a digital age, and you've you've been you've been on both sides and seen that through, which is cool. I do have a question about 
being kind of an outsider though, because this is an industry that there's not a, re a recipe for this industry. It's not yeah. like go, go to college, get your degree, da, 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 da. I'm sure it was uh, a challenge for support from family or friends. They were like, dude, you, you're not going to, what's your plan B? You know, please, plan <laughs> oh, A is yeah. not going to work. So have a good plan oh, B. Yeah. What was that like? Well, I was super lucky to have uh, a mom who raised me who was an artist. And so in my case, I had this, I will say, rare and fortunate <clears throat> built-in source of encouragement in at home i was surrounded by her paintings she was a painter she painted large canvases too uh, all over the wall she had a studio in our place in san francisco and um, she was a fan of the surrealist painters so look at you know salvador dali who's not formally a surrealist but everyone associates his work you know the melting watches really weird dreamlike imagery Rene magritte mm. i'm going to come back to the theme of art history and film history, you'll hear me talk about that a lot because I it's very important thing for me, uh, and I always want to encourage others, but to to also learn about your learn your history <laughs> says the, learn says your the history. pioneer with his pickaxe and his yeah, old leather hat. <laughs> I didn't quite um, mean the uh, the early American settlers pioneer. <laughs> I'm just running with it. I'm just going with it. It's all yeah. it's all good. I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying that on. It's okay. Nice. No, but I had universal encouragement from my mom to pursue art, and she was a fine artist, meaning she had no interest in commercial art. And before we even get to the notion of film, let alone special effects, as they were called then, so she saw that I loved to draw. And she encouraged me. She saw that I had a vivid imagination and liked to make clay animated movies and that I was really driven to pursue this hobby inspired by these glimpses I'd get of the people who made this stuff. And we can talk about how hard it was to even get access to that because there was no industry then. There was no thing. It was this weird. It was a very unknown part of movie making. Uh, back in the in the seventies, uh, that just yeah. main it just wasn't talked about very much, um, let alone understood, let alone thought of as a viable career path for your son yeah. or daughter they want to take. So my mom yeah. didn't understand exactly what it was I wanted to make, but as far as again, she saw that it made me happy. Now my dad, they were my parents were divorced uh, when I was very very young. He was three thousand miles away, and while we you know, had a, a nice enough relationship from a distance uh, while I grew up. He had, he was an economist. He appreciated art, oh. but he came from a very different sort of side of the brain and a very different professional leaning in general. Later on, many years later, when I was older and, and an adult, and my dad and I had a, a, our relationship kind of grew and deepened in a really wonderful way for decades thereafter. And he had a chance to come to understand what it was I did much better. And by that time, the industry that I was in had matured. There were a few more articles published that I could send him and say, see, this it's in the newspapers. It's in a magazine. They wrote about this thing that I do. This is kind of what yeah. I'm doing now. And so he, at first, there were years where he was trying to give me the wise kind of guidance of, mm, is this really, yeah. Maybe have that, that backup gonna, plan. Yeah. Except there's the plan B. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> plan B is become a comic book artist, uh, yeah. <laughs> an illustrator. Uh, no. <laughs> my story is kind of similar. My, my, my mom was very supportive of me, very artistic. Which is so great. Yeah. Parents that are out there listening, if you have creative kids, love them, support them, help them out with it. 
it may be something that could end up paying them much more than you could even fathom. So yeah. just, just true that that is go totally, for it. Or, yes. or leave them totally broke in the streets. Well, and there's <laughs> one or the other. Well, there's more. Yeah. It, there's more to it than just being paid too. I mean, there's the rewarding, you know, nature yes. of, of creating art and and you know pursuing that passion, you know, yes. as well. It's like. But you've been making movies since you were what early high school, just on your camcorder with friends, yeah. and your mom was super supportive. Mom was very supportive. My dad was too. He he thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but when it came time to like really pursue it as a career, my Ooh. dad was a little bit like, "Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you know, this is going to be rough. You know, da 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 da." And uh, uh, but yeah, kind of similar dynamic to to what yeah. you're describing. Well, and then what? And then what happened though? Well, when we when we when we made Gallows and Gallows was a success, he you know he was like, okay, I I you know he well kinda, now he's he, like, hey, that's uh, that's my kid. Yeah. Did you see this? Oh, that's my son. Oh, hey, that movie right there. Yeah, that's my boy that yeah. made that. That's my boy. And he'll tell you too. He thought you know he didn't know where it would go or if it would take off, and and uh, he was pleasantly surprised when it when it did uh, yeah. when we had some success. So that's that's, that's pretty awesome, man. And I I I'm curious like. What 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 then was kind of your first real like hired job as an artist in terms of anything, film or whatever? Yeah. I got my first job in high school between my junior year and senior year. I was wandering down around Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, the tourist strip where I lived kind of close to, and we'd hang out there. Um, <clears throat> and I walked into one of the t-shirt shops, as I would often do. We'd go into these cool t-shirt shops. And they'd have all these great illustrations uh, for rock and roll bands or whoever it was, just anything. This was the 70s. So it was like trippy designs and druggy, trippy, hallucinatory, rainbowy stuff and cool yeah. gothic <laughs> monsters with cloven hooves and whatever, demons. And I ate all that stuff up. And that's the kind of thing I drew. And so I naively but earnestly bundled up some of my drawings and I walked into this T-shirt shop and I said, hi. I I am artist. I have drawings. I want to put my drawing on T-shirt. Can you help me? Yes. <laughs> Not, I didn't say that exactly, but it was words. That's how I felt. Like I I have no idea what I'm saying or doing. But here, uh, drawing. How do I do that? And yeah, yeah it's like, it feels like such a cold call kind <laughs> of a thing. It's like I don't know how this is going to go down. Well, I'm then, just, it's like knocking on someone's door saying, your house is cool. Could we use it? And get out of my shop or get out of here, you know, scram kid, you know, yeah, that, or whatever. But well, then what, what happened? What was the response? Yeah. Well, I didn't get left out of the shop. The, the person who helped me behind the counter was nice enough to call somebody else out from behind the office who actually knew who made their T-shirts and how the how the T-shirts, how the sausage was made, where it was all made. And they gave me a phone number. They said, call this person. And I got to say, that was the... I can credit that person in that moment with being the thing that started it all in a way because it was the first time I cold called and put myself out there with my portfolio, such as it was. That's huge. That hasn't yeah, stopped yeah. ever. It's just yeah. changed shape and scale, but I still do that. Yeah. It was the first time that I, somebody actually gave me a phone number and said, call this person and they'll, they'll be your next step on this Alice in Wonderland journey you're about to go on. And so I called the number and it turned out the T-shirt company had their own inside art department. They were associated with a huge music mogul in San Francisco at the time. It was famous for putting on some of the biggest iconic rock concerts and 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 Bill Graham. Uh, people who are old enough to know who Bill Graham was. Uh, he was an iconic part of the whole West Coast music scene. So I got a summer job in my first art department ever 
And I basically was for three months, I learned how to be a production artist making silkscreen designs for silkscreen t-shirts. Dude, I love that. I Honestly, it's it goes back to a lot of things we've talked about on this show, and it's really going out and making something happen for yourself, not waiting around for something to be given to you. I mean, like you needed a contact, yes, but you went out and you secured that contact. You went out and showed your per- portfolio, like you said, and you yeah. made that connection on your own. It well, wouldn't it wouldn't have come any other way. And so taking that leap, I think is is what's key. It, you know, if you're if you're if you feel like you're making something that's that's worth something or that is cool, you just got to make that leap and start showing it to people and start making those connections. Yeah, absolutely. You, you take the risk. You put yourself out there. You step out of your comfort zone, and and you can get results like you've never thought. A lot of people would just walk in and be like, cool shirts, man. I bet that'd be fun to do that. And even if they were talented enough, they might just be like, oh, but oh, well, you know, yeah. taking that initiative like you did is key. Yeah, the way that you asked as well, like straight up saying, I want to do that. Here's my art I can that, to prove that I can. Like, how do I do that? Not, 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 not doing what Travis was just saying, like kind of beating around the bush and saying like, oh, that'd be cool that'd if be I had that like chance. A, no, you know? direct, <laughs> yeah. knowing what you're doing. I mean, when I first met Chris, I was, you know, I had a career, I had things that I was doing that were totally outside of this scope. And I was trying to help him out with stunts. I, you know, I was like, I want to get into this a little bit. And out comes this college kid out of this car with a couple other college kids. And he's like, all right, we want to set up here. Let's do this or that, you know, kind of that telling all these people what to do. And I'm going like, Dang, this kid like knows what he's doing in life. He was driven and focused. And I really, I can tell that you had that same kind of passion for what you wanted to do, that you were willing to risk feeling like a fool or looking like a fool to someone else, but you went after it anyway. And that to me is those little moments that where people are willing to do that are the things that set them on a trajectory that opens their world up in a huge way. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I want to just interject here the importance of another thing, which was a huge driver that helped me in that very moment. And that is mentors. I cannot uh, overstate the importance and value of having mentors to encourage you. For those of us lucky enough to have them, if you don't have anyone who you call a mentor, it's like one of the first things I would wish for you is that you could seek one out, find one. And that's not easy to just look it up online and say, mentors. It means something different now in many ways. It's got such a very specific professional thing. But whoever, think about who in your life, be it a friend, um, someone who's a little older than you, or maybe even of your parents' generation uh, or close to it, who can offer some guidance and coaching. But if they're in the industry, so much the better. So for young people, information and then encouragement is gold as important as money so you can make money doing whatever job is your your you can do in the meantime just to keep your pay your bills but to build a career like this that's full of so many subjective and squishy moving parts that are hard to predict building relationships is what this all comes down to mentorship and encouragement from people is just such fuel so it's often not really talked about as a like a concrete step or ingredient to career success, but I think it should be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it's another thing that we've talked a lot about on the show is, is, is creating that, those connections and that collaboration with people. It really is such a, if not the most important piece, it's gotta be one of those top pieces in the industry that, that really makes or breaks a career and, and, and a, just a, 
a happy life too. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. And the human connection of an experienced mentor or industry veteran is, is huge because what they know, you may be able to read in a book, but you're not going to get it. You're not going to get the nuance. It's like, if I wanted to be a mechanic, like I could read about what goes where, but then you sit in the car with a mechanic of 10, 20, 30 years and yeah. he'll just smell the car, he'll <laughs> hear the car, and he'll feel the car. Yes. And he'll tell you, do you hear that? Yeah. I'll, I'll be like, what, what, what's going on? It's yeah. like, yeah, there's a slight hum in this thing. And yeah, I, yeah this, that's what that feels like. And, you, do, you know, there's just these little nuances right. that, that they can – they can give you light years of experience by having that mentor. Well, and if you find a mentor that actually cares about you too, you know, someone that oh, actually yeah. is 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 like really concerned about your well-being or your development. I mean, that's even all the better because they will yeah, they will totally. think about you, they will care about you, they or will they love you. Or they see potential you know? in you yeah. preserving the industry or furthering the industry in a way that's amazing. But you got to have that fire in you because they'll see it. If, they, if it's not there, they'll see that it's not there this, also. This but, has been yeah. really, really cool stuff. And I, I'm just, I'm buzzing on all levels because there's all kinds of great topics we've hit upon. I want to I come to something you talked about, um, Alex, and that's where you kind of are today, uh, doing art, doing design. What's kind of the difference between concept art versus concept design? You know, like mm. what in your day-to-day uh, things that you're doing, what are what are some of the differences between those those different tiers or those things? Concept art in many ways, uh, if you focus on the art part of that title, of that term, and you see the stuff online from conceptart.org or ArtStation, just the, if you're in that community at all or just follow it or look at stuff and you're a fan of concept art, um, you'll see just gorgeous, just so much gorgeous work. And it's beautiful paintings. You bring some concept artists early on to just bust out some amazing, inspiring images that can then go on to inspire the writers, the producers who might, you're hoping, will fund your project. Um, they might not be anywhere near what the final product is even going to be, but that's okay. In that early, early stage when you're pitching something or just doing early visual development, which is what we call that whole early phase, um, the, the goal of that artwork is to do just that, get people excited. Oh, you're, it's on another moon, it's an alien thing. Oh, and there's a lot of sophisticated hardware. Hardware. I'm getting a Star Wars vibe with a, a Dune vibe with a bit of this sort of knights in armor kind of influence here. Okay, and so whatever it is, you're portraying mood more than anything with some hints at the specifics, but you're not tied to anything yet. And that's a kind of concept art. Production concept art is where the design word comes in. And design is different from art in that design is about problem solving. Design is about function. It's about purpose. Mm. And it's about making something work. And that thing could be a physical problem, a mechanical engineering problem, uh, a user interface, software user interface design problem. And you have designers mm. that are trained in all these special areas. If you're a storyboard artist, you are helping, or a concept artist, often overlapping those two things, you're helping the director figure out how to visually break down the story. You're, you're working with them in a real back and forth again. You're the one who's got the drawing skills, and you've got a certain set of visual storytelling training. The director may or may not have those skills as well. And you talk about somebody like Ridley Scott, who's known for being a brilliant illustrator and storyboards his own stuff. There are plenty of directors who can do that. Napkin scribbles or not, they, they find a way to express their idea. 
but they're going to have a storyboard artist right there early on framing some of these sequences so they can just get a sense of how they flow. I want to emphasize again, guys, make sure you're checking this episode out on YouTube because the visuals here are amazing. The stuff that Alex is showing us, and it really is painting a clear picture metaphorically and literally about how <laughs> this art is used in the process of making anything, but right now yeah. specifically a film. I've I've learned as I've been in the film industry, but I recently even, it's been reiterated, we were watching one of the shows, uh, the movies that made us on Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. And it was it was fun for us because we actually had a meeting with Neil Canton who worked as a producer on that show. And we saw him in the interviews and hearing some of the things they were talking about, I was like, the writer and director, they didn't have any of this or that in mind. It yeah, was only right. from the concept art that they were like, ooh, that, I like that. And so they built upon it. So it's kind of like, uh, whatever it is, eternal yeah. energy you yeah. know, or self- yeah. Self-generating. Yeah, Self-generating. So it's like one thing feeds off the other, off the other, off the other, and it continues. So that's like yeah. the creative process though, you know, yeah. like that's, I mean, even in the, just the writing stages. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh, I, a, a concept artist might be like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then they'll draw something down and then they'll show it. And then the, the writer will be like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of, yes, that looks great, but I didn't think of this or that. Mm -hmm. Let me add something here about that. Oh, and then you're totally. like, oh, that that's is great. great. And then it just. Yeah, it just builds yeah. into this great giant snowball of creativity that's that one, explodes into this great cinematic vision or artistic vision. One thing Alex said that I thought was pretty cool, and I think a lot of people don't realize, there's that aspect. But you also mentioned just getting people excited, and I think that's yeah. interesting because like these these pieces of art, you see them, and immediately the the words on the page have immediately become a visual, right? And I do yes. think that that is a huge component, especially when it comes to probably like executives, producers, oh, yeah. kind of studio heads and stuff. You know, like they see it now and they're like, oh, okay, I see. Yes, yeah, that let's, is cool. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, studio heads and those guys, they don't always envision what's yeah. on the paper. Love Some people just I mean? don't we have that imagination. Yeah. They're wonderful. We, they're our favorite. We love them. We love them. <laughs> They they're are not artists. They might not be. They're not the most people. creative. Yeah. Nah, yes. maybe not. Not their job. Yes. Not their job. No, we you're want totally to right. help them. We want to help them get out of their own way. Potentially, it's like Hitch, exactly. like the movie Hitch. Yeah, he, he helps girls get out of their own way when it comes to good guys. Yeah, good guys. <laughs> that's exactly right. And you also you also touched on a really core element of collaboration, which is so important. And that's another part of this journey: is going from being very much involved in yourself and your own making of art, your pride yep. of craft, as we call it. You know, you're proud yes. of the skills you've built as an artist. And man, I'm gonna. It's going to be my visions and I'm going to bring my artistic visions and I'm going to make this and I'm going to be designing that and all that's great. But when you get to the real production world and you're on the inside working with a team, it's about the team. It's not about you anymore. It's about your contribution to the team. And you can't go yeah. in assuming that it's all about you. So that's a journey right there that people often underestimate. And to open it up, let other people have input to and learn that your contribution, your opinion, might not win the day every day. It might not be the one that's on screen or is the one that's chosen. But you being yeah. part of this group was still valuable because you helped shape the thing that finally does get made. And be willing to accept that smaller role in the whole is so important. It sounds so simple and obvious as advice, but it's just 
it shows up in all facets of life, honestly, anytime you're collaborating with yeah. other people. But for artists to be broad brush about it, uh, artists tend to involve their egos more because it's, we're so connected to our work. It's an extension of ourself. And I'm burying my soul in my heart and laying it all yes, out. Yes. And don't you value yeah. it? And if you don't, if you don't like that, then obviously you don't like me. So, you know, it gets... <laughs> Yeah, or you get so uh, you're just so sure of yourself without accepting any criticism that you're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's you know? just that's like oh, a death that sentence. Into, yeah. That turns oh, into yeah, a, I, uh, I ran into a few of those as well. But you talk about yeah. the buzz that happens, the chemistry, the sort of virtuous cycle of of adding positive stuff to the other person's idea and getting excited yeah. about it in the room. That's a magic moment, and in fact, there's like. In, in some of my corporate experience at Microsoft, when they're doing team kind of workshops and things like that, which many corporations like to do, to try and find ways to break down and teach people who aren't collaborative by nature in a design yeah. team how to foster habits that lead to better collaboration. They we, they had somebody come in who was from the improv world, and this is now a really commonly used idea. But the, this this person wrote a book called uh, Yes And, and literally wrote that book. And the term yes and is now kind of a common thing. And I, I really believe in it. At that moment when you're someone is riffing on an idea, if you're in an improv situation, playing off of somebody else in an improv situation, they're going to come out yeah. with an idea, a thing to start the skit off, to start this little story off. And rather than contradict them and try and force your idea on them <clears throat> to sort of take over, you want to build on it. And so instead of yes, yeah. but, Yes, but this, my thing, you say yes and your thing plus mm -hmm. some of my thing. And then they're going to yes yeah. and you. Yeah, that and. And so it's this additive process instead of a destructive sort of taking over thing. And that yeah. core spirit just is such such wisdom that shows up all the time. And you have to check yourself. Am I going to phrase this thing that I'm about to say in this room full of excited, creative people? Am I going to say it in a way that's adding to, respecting what has just been said? Or am I going to accidentally come in and sort of sweep everyone else's stuff off the table Derail, and say my right, thing? Yeah, like derail them. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of one example I used to do. One of my earliest um, endeavors in filmmaking was improv type stuff. Like, and I based a lot of it off of whose line is it anyway? You remember that sure. show? Yeah. Um, it was such a great show. And if you watch that show, it's exactly what you're saying. Whenever someone would do a skit or yeah. a, a start a story. It would the, the other character joining that would never like totally change it. They would add on. It would just build on itself until you had this really you know funny thing where both of the characters are totally vibing on the same you know story or character or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And that's it's so true. Yeah, you, you know? take what you're given and yeah, you add to it. And yeah, add to it. Um, it and also what you were saying about rising up the steps like this idea, yes, and this, and it's it's like a ladder that raises you to success That's on the flip right. side. I remember going to like a seminar that my dad wanted me to go to and they had this game that there were two sides. It was divided in this room and you had to get like to a certain score and then you'd win. Right. And so it was like one team and then the other team. And so we're battling and like, we would answer questions and then we would like block the other team. Right. So that they couldn't get it. And then they would try to block us so that we could, Come to find out at the end of the game how stupid all of us were is that it wasn't it we both lost because yeah. we both were trying to prevent the other from winning. 
Yeah. Had we all answered the questions, we would have all gotten to the score and we would have all won both sides. Yeah. So it yeah. was so crazy to learn that, oh, our perspective was to push someone else down or deny someone else points. And it, all in all, it was just hurting ourselves. That's so exactly the reality right. is when, when you take and learn from others and then you build upon that, you're raising your own heights. You're raising the heights for other people. And we can all climb higher and do better and achieve more in That's that right. kind of environment rather than I'm, tearing down. Mm -hmm. it's, it's worth interjecting to this. I, I agree with everything you're saying. And there's, it's unassailable. This is just great life advice. And it's very true. But I also want to bring in sort of the other side of the coin, which isn't a contradiction of that. It's, it's just a checking of it. And that is that the importance of professional respect and diplomacy yeah. in a hierarchical mm -hmm. system. And when you're new yes. to the film industry and you're, or if you're in a design studio, I had to learn this at that t-shirt factory working for my first art director. So I had a boss and they were the art director and I was a junior artist. When I first got hired at ILM years later, even though I had been an art director, I was, my bosses were the effect supervisors. And ultimately our boss was the director of the film. And yeah. there were times where I, you know, that collaborative spirit's wonderful, but there are times where you have to check that and check your self-perception of your own value. And by all means, put your idea out there. That's what they want you to do. But if you get feedback that isn't exactly what you wanted to hear, you do not just keep fighting back and trying that technique of, yes, but, 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 but my idea, you just, you're my yeah, boss, yeah, but you not, just yes, said this. Yeah, no, but, no, yeah. no, don't, don't do that. I mean, I, I, yeah. everyone has to have at least a couple of these uh, to learn that to yeah. get smacked down enough to just, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't yeah, there's a, there's a level of humility and respect for each project and person involved in the project. Oh, where yeah. If, if, yeah. That if things aren't looking the way you thought they might based on your idea or whatever, then you got to accept the data, you know, or accept the reactions and kind of just move on. And I guess that's where kind of the, the don't yeah. be afraid to kill your babies kind of thing yep. comes into play. Totally. Alex, in terms of people looking to get into art or design, um, yes. that may be watching this or, or following you and, and seeing some of the stuff you're doing, what would be some of your top pieces of advice, um, for those just starting out or looking to further their career in, in art or design? Uh, I'm so glad you asked that. It's something that I, one of the things I love about your mission at Unlikely Story, as well as Corridor's mission is the whole, it's that of teaching and empowering people, uh, to follow these dreams of a creative career. And a lot of that has to do with demystifying. And you just, mm. we talk about being on the outside looking in and then dreaming of the day that you're on the inside. And that really is how it feels. And for the longest period, when you're starting your journey, you're on the outside and you feel like that outsider. And I just am trying to get up to the window so I can rub that, you know, smear a clean place. I can kind of see through the cracks and see what's in there so I can at least yeah. know you know, yeah. and for a lot of your Wizard of Oz journey, again, very dated reference. <clears throat> Look it up. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, you're on this, you're dreaming of this magical, you know, Emerald City. And when you actually finally get there, you learn a lot. But just the opportunity to get there and peek inside is so valuable. And we came back to that earlier about seeking mentors, even before you feel like you're ready to go apply for the job or before you feel your portfolio or your real. 
or your confidence has even built up to the point where you're ready to go and share your soul, bury your soul, and the hopes of getting an actual job before that, form acquaintances and just have conversations with people who you know who do work in the industry. Often high schools and colleges, even colleges, depending on where it is, don't always prepare their students when they graduate enough for the career path. And that tends to fall by the wayside. Unfortunately, it's a marker of some of the quote unquote better schools, the ones that are more sought after because of their sort of early career preparation is is the thing that recommends yeah. them. Their portfolio and reel, they're known for sending you out with not only a great reel and a great website and a brand and all your content, but they're going to connect you. They're a feeder school, for example. So that's one way you can, that's one train you can ride. That's one possible avenue. But if you, it may work and it may not. Um, if you're going to go that route, then you're going to follow a fairly prescribed portfolio process and you're going to get a lot of coaching for your money when you're at those schools. And the hope is that they will land you in that nice entry level position and your journey will be mapped out, at least at the beginning, and you'll be super informed about it. But I'm talking to the people who aren't able to go to Art Center and who aren't able to get that kind of coaching. Again, it comes back to that finding mentors and approaching people who could be a mentor or a coach or a guide or just the subject of an informational conversation. Just one phone call could teach you a lot. I've had a bunch of them myself with daughters and sons of colleagues who the daughter who come to me and say, my son or my daughter really wants to go into the enter entertainment industry. And I become that person for one conversation that can help their parents help give the kid the information that they wouldn't have another avenue for. So right. I love playing that part. And so I encourage people who are in that situation, really at the very beginning, just looking outside of this distant city going, I have no idea how to get there. Find people to have those kinds of conversations with because it can help you get there. Also, we've got, obviously, the Internet, and you've got so many bulletin boards and ref and Reddit pages and just resources and YouTube videos where people tell their stories. And you can put the time in to hearing some of those stories and, and getting inspired and finding your version of that as well. And then at the whole other end of advice, the whole other section comes into how you present your portfolio and how you present your work. Um, one of the really obvious things is you cannot be too professional or clean or organized, meaning you can never do that job too well. Don't worry about doing it too well. Do it the best you possibly can because that extra work yeah. will help your stuff rise to the top. The titling, not just the filmed images on your reel and the beautiful shots, but the titling and the way the packaging comes. Everything that they touch, everything they see should be so classy and quality. You've skimped on nothing, the, including the little title at the bottom that says, I did the compositing or I did this in After Effects or music by whatever, whatever thing you're going to put at the front and end or over your film segment, using this as an example, make sure that's elegant and looks good uh, because jankiness and amateurishness while it might be forgiven, if it's not there, then it's just impressive, especially in an early career, young portfolio. That quality yeah. is a little thing that gets noticed. And so, of course, it all really comes down. I sort of started with the wrapping and really it should be about the substance. The substance is the thing. And the quality of the work that you show, make sure it is your best work. General advice includes 
don't just show the finished work, show your process if you can. If you can show something in your whole presentation about how you made the thing, the equivalent of a build sequence for if it's a, if it's effects, if it's visual effects, show something of yeah. how you, you know, do a little build segment that leads up to the final product. Um, make a little mini documentary that kind of not, a, I don't mean to say it's 10, 15 minutes. It's got to be quick, but do a couple of shots where you zoom, zoom in on a thing and say, see, just in case you didn't notice, I hand rotoed this and I solved this problem because there was a whole lot of green spill and I had to hand rotor around this guy's hair here to get, make sure the cop was clean. Here's what I started with. Yep. Here's what anything like that shows that you know the process. It isn't just about visual artists being great at their craft and being great visual artists. It is so much about being able to be conversant, being good communicators, being able to yep. talk and write about what it is you do with other people. And that is yeah. a huge underrepresented and undervalued skill that is absolutely mm -hmm. critical. It you know ties into the social aspect of what we talked about. When you're getting in, if you want to be asked back when you're a PA or whatever, you want to be asked back by that supervisor or that crew or that producer. You not only need to be gracious and positive and upbeat and ready to serve. Can I bring you some more coffee? What else can I do for you? I knew you were going to ask that. And here it is already. You don't even have to ask. There's that positive like willingness to you're, you're very present and so yeah this is a call to those who by nature aren't all those things they might be shy they might be just scared out of their wits to even be there and they clam up because they're nervous those are natural skills but the sooner you can yeah. find your version of confidence to get out there and engage with everybody and not be intimidated by the director or how amazingly senior this person is yeah. Be respectful, but not intimidated, the better, the more you'll meet with them on a human level. And you can laugh at a joke that happens to some funny thing that happens. You'll both laugh on a human level. You and Steven Spielberg could be sitting on a set and you might laugh at some silly little thing that happens. Someone stubs their toe or spills their coffee and you laugh with him. And he's like, I'm laughing with Steven Spielberg. And it has nothing to do with the film. You're just meeting as human beings. Well, that moment happens yeah. when you're comfortable enough to just be there. Yeah, sort of yeah, in the circle around him and not fawn. There's another piece of advice. When you're around people who you idolize or look up to or who are just legends or people you respect, don't fawn over them. Uh, they generally don't don't really like it. And if they are people who really, really like it, then they're vain and arrogant types who you probably want to steer clear of ideally anyway. Just treat yes, them that is true. deferential and respectful, but not too much. Uh, not overdoing yeah. it. Just kind of be cool. Just be cool. There was a cool. written rule cool. at yeah. Lucasfilm cool, cool, and cool. ILM cool, cool. that I learned the first day I showed up there. And that is it. When you meet George, when you see George Lucas wandering the halls, as you as you would, he'd show up in San Rafael at, at, at ILM and he'd walk around to do this. He's just there to get the job done. He's just a working day. He's not going there to be Oh my God, George Lucas. Oh my God. Yeah. No, he actually did not care for that. And you were warned on your first day as anything, an art director, a PA, anybody coming to work there. You do not do that to George. Um, or frankly, any of your effect suits. Dennis Muir and you right. don't do that way. You know, you just treat them. Just be cool. Just be cool. It's all good. Just be cool. Do your job. Just be cool. Do cool, your cool, job. Cool, cool, cool. Is it?
There's a bit of there's a bit of dating advice in there too out there for for us all I think too just just be cool. <laughs> don't fawn if she's out of your relax. league. Don't fawn. <laughs> Even if she's a ten. Yeah. yeah. Even if she's that's a 10. so funny. Yeah, just be cool. Uh, there's so many great pieces of advice in there. Even for me right now, Alex. I mean, we're working on a visual effects reel for ourselves uh, for Tremendum, and you know, it just a lot of those tips. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna watch this back and and pluck some of that uh, oh, advice out and, and see how we can level it up even that much more. Oh yeah. Um, and the mentorship side of it too. Yeah. It's like all the resources available. This podcast even is, yeah. is great. And yeah. selfishly, I'm just going to say for me, it's been great because I've been learning a yeah. lot and talking with a lot more people and really uh, even people that I've worked with, that it's just good to get back in touch with them mm -hmm. and see what they're doing and how we're doing. And, you know, really, um, you know, celebrating all our wins, you know, and, and propping oh, each other yeah. up and giving yeah. Yeah. love and appreciation. It's, Can it's we, so good because yeah. things, people get down, they've been down. Yeah. The last year was tough, you know, us too, it but was. Hey, we're, we're kicking butt together and, you know, and good reminder of all the good things happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I could just jump on that and amplify that point a little bit about sort of building a community and a sense of people you yeah. stay in touch with, the more you can stay in touch with people who you meet. Um, and don't burn bridges, which seems so obvious yep. to say, but it's like easy to accidentally burn a bridge and that can hurt you later in a way that might not become apparent. But if you build a very small momentary positive bridge with somebody who you happen to work with or get to meet and you stay in touch in just the right kind of not too invasive, but Hey, just stay in there. Here's a couple of things I just did. You might want, you know, here's my website. Just keep at it. Gently, politely yep. persist and stay in touch with them. Then years later, years later, some weird combination of luck being at the right place at the right time, your talent, the memory of the fact that, oh, that guy was nice or she was really, I liked her work. Yeah, I remember her. And the weird coincidence of things just falling into place, the way the universe yep. works, those things can line up. And that happened to me. That is why my career happened the way it did, is due to these mysterious combinations of things that I couldn't recreate or nobody could. And you just have to, mm -hmm. the only way to navigate that or hope that that's going to happen to you is to throw yourself more out into the world in all these different ways to up the odds, to increase the odds that these weird confluences and intersections are going to happen. And, and you'll be in yeah. the middle of one of those. And they do, yeah. but they can't happen if you don't put yourself out in the world. And that's the very simple, but very valuable part of all this. You got to put yourself yeah. out there and keep doing it. And that's how you increase well the odds of you being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We're here with Alex Laron, everybody, guys. We've seen some really exciting stuff from Alex, art from various things. Alex, what are some other um, experiences, whether it be, you know, really specific to a piece of art or, or just in general that you've had that have inspired your journey, made you think, oh, okay, this can be done or I can keep going, that have pushed you? It, 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 to really answer that question... It's good, best for me to zoom out a bit and even go beyond the film side of things. I was one of the very fortunate few that get to say they got to do their childhood dream job. And I fully appreciate how rare and special that thing is to be able to say that. The big question then is, well, now that I got to do this amazing thing for a really nice chapter, uh, eight years at ILM plus an extra couple of years at other effects and film companies, um, now, you know, quote unquote, what do I want to do when I grow up for real now? Like, what's the next thing 
And that left me not knowing a lot of what the answer was going to be. It was a little scary, to be honest. And the thing that coaxed me to even take the leap away from the thing, ILM, that I've worked so hard and dreamt so much of getting to, there's a voice on one shoulder that says, why would you even consider going anywhere? You got here. What are you, crazy? You'd consider leaving? And it would take a lot to make me consider that. And it took a long time and a lot of coaxing. But I was finally tempted away by a very proactive and aggressive uh, recruiter from Electronic Arts in the UK who stayed mm. on me, stayed with me. He wouldn't let me go. Bless him. And, yeah. you know, I it involved basically come work for Electronic Arts in outside of London, work on the Harry Potter games. We'll make it all work for you and your family. And so wow. it finally ended up being... You know, but then I'm leaving ILM. That's yeah. a hell of a choice to 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 make. And uh, I ended up finally taking the leap and deciding that I'd had this amazing chapter. I could keep going happily. Maybe I can come back to it someday. It's not like the door's going to close. I could come back. But I wanted to try taking this adventure into video games because that as an industry and as a medium, visually and technically in every other way, had matured to the point with consoles that the visuals were starting to get to be really pretty sophisticated relative to where they'd been. Yeah. And they were starting, the industry, games industry, was starting to hire people uh, from film. So I saw it as an opportunity to try something new and challenging and kick myself out of my own comfortable nest and learn you know, something really challenging and new. I was in the yeah. UK at EA for two years, and that was right around the fourth Harry Potter movie and the fourth Harry potter game and that's the main thing i worked mm. on when i was over there wow that's awesome man and yeah like it, it's interesting and we touched on this a little bit earlier but like the mandalorian the way they're filming that now it's kind of like a video game background happening while yeah. they're filming the movie you know it's absolutely it's, which is it goes to show like you were saying the medium of gaming coming becoming so advanced and and film advancing yeah. as well that they're kind of starting to merge a little bit more and you're seeing Finally. This. yeah yeah as, well it's the matter, same thing but within industries you know you know it's the it's i this idea ooh that's really great and then this idea and then this but within industries yes so you have now worlds being created that people that the the viewer is in control of right what, what were you going to say alex well, Bill just built yes and <laughs> building yeah. on that. It, it's funny because back then there was there was a, a term that was a buzzword uh, around this whole idea of film and games coming together, convergence. It was a buzzword of that whole mm. era in the early 2000s. Sure, there was a convergence of disciplines and practices. But back then, I don't think it had really happened at a deep level. Now, based on the examples you just cited, virtual production. You know, that real-time game technology being used the way it is, is such, that's what I call legit convergence. It's happening now. Finally, yeah. after all these yeah. years, we're seeing something that at its core, and, you know, they didn't fully invent the idea. I mean, James Cameron with uh, Avatar obviously was one of the first to really make it a centerpiece. And he rolled his own yeah. early version of the whole tech. But now it's been democratized and it's been made usable in a way that is so much more approachable by, by so many more. And it's just going to keep yeah. on going that way it's amazing more more how approachable. flawless it, uh, you're right it's and it's amazing how crisp and flawless the, these backgrounds and these these sets yeah. look in in shows like the mandalorian i mean when you when you pull that curtain back and you see the behind the scenes i mean you're just blown away because it's like yeah 
how is that not how is that not real? You yeah, know, like yeah. it, I I just saw it, and now you're showing me it's that, that it was just a computer simulation. <laughs> it's it's like, that magicianship. Yeah, it's uh, the it's, it's the magic. A, uh, yeah, it's that same. It's the same concept we were talking about earlier of of, of movie magic, but just in a a new you know updated uh fashion or a new updated format um and it, it, it changes the really conversations cool. so much the conversations that i was yeah. talking about before about visual effects artists and that team building all the digital or miniatures or whatever that's going to be added to the live action set and how you coordinate these two things seamlessly in different times and across different locations geographically that whole conversation is now being compressed and reimagined because of these tools. And it's giving everybody a chance to have that conversation at the same time in a way that was never yeah. possible before. And right. you just throw in this universal added element of camera freedom. The real time like changes that they can make too are incredible. Oh, yeah. Like I you yeah. know, like they're like, Oh, I don't really like that rock there. Can we get rid of that? And it's just like whoop, you know, it's gone. Gone. And yeah. <laughs> like like going back to your notes on your drawings, you know, you're saying like the the one note of like, Oh yeah, let's get rid of the top half of this castle. It's like, okay, well <laughs> now I gotta do a whole I gotta do a whole new drawing or you know, I can't just I can't just erase it and it's going to look all crappy. I got to like, you know, start over. I'm, I'm imagining. And well, uh, unless it was a layer in Photoshop. Yeah. Unless is, it was a layer in Photoshop, then you're, then you're set. I have a question. Yeah. I know you have a couple of kids and I was just thinking you had a supportive artistic parent uh, or parents, you know, it, yeah. in various aspects. That, Absolutely. But um, are your kids interested in film and, uh, or art? And uh, I know, I know one of them is, but yeah, like Both. how has that played and how has your role? Cause I'm a dad too. And I try to encourage my kids to be artistic specifically because I feel like it's an important thing to have as well as whatever they end up being into, you know, but Absolutely so right. what are some things that you do to show encouragement or, or how do you feel they're doing? They're doing great. I can tell you that. And both of them are, are I'm going to say lucky enough to have two very artistic parents because both of them have a lot of creativity just naturally you know, that they have that encouragement just in the home. We have art and stuff on the walls everywhere. It's just an eclectic kind of collection in terms of the environment that they grew up in. And that's, again, that's sort of the background in which you grow up. It can't help but affect you. And but depending on your nature, you might reject it all and say, ah, that was my parents' place. I hate all that stuff now. I'm going to be a modernist and clean minimalist with no yeah, clutter and yeah, no right. art or anything. <laughs> that's That's your choice. But in their case, both of them really appreciate uh, and 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 our designers and artists and creatives in various points, uh, various ways. So Nick, as you said uh, earlier, he's uh, an aspiring. Uh, he is a filmmaker. I got to stop saying aspiring. He's doing it. He's doing the thing. Yeah, yeah. he has yeah, he's been an aspiring it. filmmaker since he was very very young, and and now he's in Corridor and he's making his own films and has been for some years now. And Gabe, his brother, uh, younger brother, is an entrepreneur. He isn't making his. Uh, living or his business in the entertainment industry, but he's got a keen sense of graphic design and in fact has settled into being sort of the marketing and communications uh, designer, uh, head of head of marketing and communications for his company. And that's the zone he really, in addition to everything other, else he does for the company, he loves the design of logos and packaging and colors and the brand, mm. which is all related. Yeah. And so he's also nice that it's a little different from the path I took. And, it's, yeah. you know, it's absolutely thrilling for me, meanwhile, to see Nick following so close a path, even in his very different way, because the world has changed yeah. so much and the industry has changed so much. And the world and the industry and the form he's working in now is so different, of course, from the one I came up in. 
that it can't help but be different. And that's a joy to watch right. as well. But absolutely, both of them in their own different ways are finding ways to work creativity and artistry and design process and thinking into both of the way they, they make their livings. It's uh, super exciting. Yeah. It's just, their moms awesome. and, and their, their mom and I are, of course, exceedingly proud of both of them. I that's love a, it. I love it. That's a good dad right there. That is. Um, and well, a good I mom. appreciate that. And a great mom. And a, and good, a good mom. mom. Yeah. Good parents. Just good, yeah, good parenting. Parents, yeah. Good upbringing. Uh, something that I think is important to you that uh, I think we should hit on before we kind of maybe wrap it up or yeah. close out is is the value of learning about and appreciating film and art history. Oh, yeah, yeah, we talked a little bit about it, but I think it's, it is key, especially... And it, it does seem like it's gaining a little bit of resurgence. I mean, uh, look yeah. at your, you know, your recent episode on um, the corridor, which you guys should check out if you haven't seen. But it, appreciating how visual effects, how art, how special effects, and all these things have evolved, but they all started somewhere. And it's something yeah. that the corridor guys do so do so well is showing these, you know, maybe historic and older examples, yeah. but how they've really defined. The, the things we see today. Oh, and they break it down like yeah. what it was like to do this kind of effect, you know, 30 years ago or 20 years ago versus now. 50, 100 years ago. And the ago. challenges they do. Yeah. 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 100 years ago. Yeah. Truly. No, absolutely. Oh, my God. And the talk about problem solving. I mean, it's a commonly used thing. It's a commonly said thing that you hear is digital effects allow everybody to do anything. So it's kind of removed a lot of the challenge. And that's a little bit of an unfair statement, a little too simplistic, of course, because digital art right, is, it's right. just a tool. It's a medium. The artistry, you can't, right. it, you can't just add artistry mix to the water and stir, and then you've got something brilliant. You still need all of the same creative disciplines right. and mixtures, but the tools do allow, there is some truth to that in that the tools are so liberating that now we can do so much more. Um, it can't help but make you respect the challenges that were faced by filmmakers and artists in this medium just years, decades before there were any of these tools and how they had to just brute force clever, just be clever and in, invent stuff. Uh, we talked about Harryhausen, but there were many, you know, it goes all, there are many more uh, that laid the groundwork. Those are the shoulders, you know, the giants on whose shoulders we're all standing with the digital tools and just learning a bit about how they solved those problems inspires and instills in us today a mindset that I think is, can, is, is really healthy. It's a cleverness, problem solving, embrace of like, I'm going to be ingenious and clever and I'm not going to rely in a lazy way on the digital tools. I'm going to use the digital tools for what they do well. Hey, no, but no doubt about it. But uh, I'm going to also be open to the idea that there might be a better solution for me in our situation that might not be digital. It might not be found on... In After Effects, it might be, for instance, an old school technique using a miniature like we were talking about right. or a practical yeah. explosion or a rubber makeup appliance or a puppet or something that just seems almost silly. But, you know, if it's done well, there's no reason you can't combine them. And that's really, really relevant for low budget and indie filmmakers who don't have access to all of the digital tools that would be ideal. You can do some amazingly clever things and have some fun doing them by mixing practical effects techniques with digital and i'm just such a huge fan it's i, I the mean best. you guys you guys in your film you your experience you you've done this so much you've you've mixed these two you embrace practical and makeup and physical effects in camera effects 
out of necessity. And obviously you guys also have a love of it. You love the hands-on building, solving it kind of almost machine-like. I'm going to make this machine that works and I'm going to figure it out. It just has to look good between these, you know, the camera frame. It's all it has to look good at. Outside it can be anything. I just, there's a joy in that that I sense in you guys. Guys, Alex Laurent, this has been a just a for 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 us at least. I know for both of us, oh. it's been a goldmine of just great advice and information and and film history and inspiration and, and inspiration. And I hope that that has been the case for you guys. That this discussion inspires you to continue your creative journey um, in whatever aspect of filmmaking or or gaming or art that you you may be involved in. Uh, again, follow Alex. Check out his website and his and his social media where you can see a lot more of his work. And it's it's it's, it's Alexander Laurent, Laurent. on, on uh, Instagram. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Laurent. Yes, website, on Instagram. Website's and different. Just www.alexlaurent.net. There, I'm plugging my perfect, own website. Awesome. Well, we'll, yes, and we'll put those up for uh, so that for people viewers. can see. Check them out in the description as well. Alex, this has been super fun. Is I, there any last words uh, before we all fi- die? Final, final words of wisdom yeah, from, words oh of wisdom from Alex. Oh man, uh, I'm so I've got I'm tapped out of words, and that's a tall order for me. <laughs> no, nothing too wise, nothing too terribly wise to cap it all off perfectly. I mean, we've just covered so much, and it's been the pleasure's yeah. been mine. I've really had a great time talking with you both during this whole recorded conversation in our pre-chats leading up to it. Uh, it's been just a pleasure to come to know you guys and to have this whole conversation. has been really exciting for me too. So I just want you to know it's it's uh, mutual and I look forward to, to more of it in the future and uh, just awesome. echoing your encouragements to all the people out there who are listening. That's my whole reason for wanting to even do this with you guys is to inspire and demystify and in any yeah. small way or large way, help and inspire people to uh, do their their journey uh, in in this whole uh, creative world we're in. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Likewise, we feel the same way. Amazing. And, and, and we, yeah, I was going to say, we love to have you back on Alex at, at some point and, and see what, what, uh, what's cooking, what's new, you know, with all of us. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, be so guys, thank you, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Hope Thanks you feel, to all our listeners yeah. who have been uh, paying attention and following our unlikely story Thanks and again hearing to- these great unlikely stories from these other talented, creative people like Alex. Thanks again to our uh, friends at Rich Media and uh, we'll see you guys again next time on Unlikely Story. Mm